Good afternoon and welcome to the show. What do you think? 2019, here we are. Oh, you know what? I've got such a cool show planned for you today and lots to talk about. Of course, you know, here we are, first full week gone of 2019, the new year. Uh, are you doing everything you wanted to do so far this year? You know, so many people make New Year's resolutions, and uh, I was talking to everybody saying, hey, listen, is this year the year you're going to buy investment real estate? Are you going to buy yourself a home? Are you going to finally get into home ownership? Are you going to move? You know, so a lot of people talk about real estate, especially at the beginning of the year. What are you going to do with real estate? Well, uh, I'm going to do my uh, shameless promotion right now and let you know that coming up this Thursday, that's right, this Thursday, 7 p.m., it's the first Simple Seminar of 2019. You don't want to miss out if you want to find out about some of the new rules and regulations of what's going on in real estate and being a landlord as well. We're going to be talking about some opportunities that people will have to be able to purchase and do the whole hands-off approach to investment real estate. Go to thesimpleinvestor.com, make sure you get registered. And, uh, you know, I want to see you Thursday, 7 p.m., right here at our head office out in Mississauga. That's right. I know it's a little bit of a drive, but I'll make sure it's worth it for everybody. So make sure you join us, and uh, it'll be an exciting evening. And can't wait to uh, to see everybody, especially for the beginning of the new year. And so, you know, one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is that, you know, a lot of times we have guests. And I was talking to my uh, producer, Ian Grant, and he was saying, you know, wouldn't it be great if you did something like John Moore or Ryan and Jay do a roundtable? And I thought to myself, well, that's great. But, you know, when, when I listen to the roundtables and when I'm on as a guest sometimes on the roundtables, not everybody has the opportunity to weigh in on a topic. But when we talk about real estate, everybody wants to weigh in. So, you know, it would be quite the banter. Uh, you know, I know with, with John in the morning, sometimes there could be, you know, three or four guests. With Ryan and Jay, you know, normally they've got three or four guests and all of a sudden, you know, you've got all these people. Can you imagine how crazy it would be if I had four guests plus myself trying to get all our opinions out there for real estate? It would be absolute anarchy. So what I decided to do was we decided to, well, we'll cut it back a little. And so coming up this hour, I'm going to introduce something for the first time ever here at Simply Real Estate, and it's going to be the Real Estate Talk Triangle. So I'm going to have two guests join me live, and we're going to be talking about real estate. And of course, it makes sense that I would bring in the right people. So Ramana King, she's Director of Content for Zolo Realty, and she's a, she's a finance columnist, but you've seen her articles uh, in all sorts of magazines. She's a real estate expert. She's going to be joining me. And as well, Greg Bunnell, he's the host of BNN Bloomberg's The Real Economy. Uh, great guy. You've heard him here on the show quite a bit as well. So I'm going to have the two of them on at the same time. So we're going to try this out and uh, let me know if you like it or not. It's uh, it's one of these things that, you know, if we do, we're going to maybe make it a monthly event where, you know, we have uh, basically, like I say, a real estate triangle. We're going to talk about everything to do with the markets, especially what happened last year, what's going to happen this year. A lot of stuff in the news, of course. This is where everybody kind of goes ballistic. The first week, I, you know, it's so funny. I love sitting back and looking at all the news articles. They all claim how bad 2018 was and, you know, all the doomsayers are coming out. And, 
everybody's asking everybody's opinion. Did we have a market crash? What happened to the market? Numbers are off by 30 and 40%. Look at the volumes, it's down. And then of course, you've got the Bank of Canada, a little bit of a knee jerk reaction this week saying, well, we're not gonna move the rates too quickly you know we've got to wait and see what happens to the economy oil's not doing so well you know we're seeing a few fluttering things in in the marketplaces so are we going to see real estate take off this year you know a lot of the industry experts are talking about what's going on you know maybe only a one percent increase others are saying well the market could even go down further you know all the news articles and and again a week like we just had i every single day there was something, you know, some news article, somebody's headline, somebody wanting to get their voice out there talking about real estate, as most people like to do. But when you have the numbers finally given to you, you say, oh, look at the market, only, only you know, 78,000 units sold in the GTA market uh, in 2018. Now, folks, that's a big, by the way, that's a big downturn as far as volume. So then what happens? You get the, uh, the mortgage companies turning around saying, hey, wait a minute we're losing all this market we we've got to do something about it and as uh, as i called it back in september uh, i said you know watch it interest rates are going to go up but sooner or later the banks are going to become have a mindset saying if we want the business we're going to have to start talking about discounting our rates and there was an article this week that actually said exactly that that the big banks are going to have to look at discounting the rates a little bit more aggressively if they want to earn your business and i don't know how many people were in the market years ago when the bank of montreal actually pushed real hard and went below three percent everybody went ballistic all the banks reacted saying you can't do that so again the finance minister I guess pretty much made a quick phone call to the head of the bank and said, by the way, I uh, don't appreciate you doing that. So they rebounded back up over 3%. And then what happened short time afterwards, they said, you know what, you can't tell us what to do. And the truth is nobody can really tell the banks how much money they're allowed to make. And if you want the business, then we're going to buy the business and we're going to discount it. And so sure enough, bank rates went down and everybody followed suit. So I'm hoping that you know, one of the banks out there, they start realizing it's time to get business. And you know what? We all benefit when they start discounting. And again, of course, everybody starts talking about the financing of things. And, you know, they're saying that uh, default is up a little. We're going to look at more bankruptcies. And of course, Bank of Canada says that, you know, that's kind of normal in a marketplace. Well, I'm pretty sure it's not normal for the people that it's happening to. So again, this is going to be an interesting year. And uh, having some experts weigh in every once in a while, Together, uh, we're hoping that, uh, you know, I don't think any fights are going to break out. I think we're all probably of the same mindset, but I'm hoping we've got some differing opinions. So maybe we can, you know, vet out some philosophies that are going to change the marketplace this year. And of course, I'm going to be happy to bring it to you right here every single week, uh, Saturdays at 3 p.m. as you are listening right now. And by the way, uh, for those of you that uh, were talking about, uh, you know, thank you for your emails reminding us that the SoundCloud uh, wasn't being uploaded correctly. Well, I think we've got the problem fixed. We had a bit of a bug in the system. Something wasn't working correctly, but fortunately the powers to be were able to get it rectified. And so every single week, if you do miss the show, you're going to be able to pick it up on our SoundCloud account right here at News Talk 1010. And uh, if, you, uh, if you're not going to be able to listen to me Saturdays at 3, then you can pick it up any other time. So I'm hoping that will work quite nicely. Um, 
A couple of things, though, in the, in the news this week, and, and I was just reading the Toronto Star, and I saw this, you know, headline in the business section, and, you know, I had to shake my head, and I wanted to talk about it because, you know, in my past being a realtor, one of the most important things I always believed that is if you're going to list somebody's house, you need to tell everybody about it, okay? It only makes sense. You know, the more people you tell, the better the chance you are able to get a decent price. Now, when markets adjust as they did back in 2016 17 you know you didn't need to tell as many people because quite frankly everybody was jumping on the mls you know they were rushing to these properties multiple offers you know everybody knows what happened so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna beat that one up too much but when a market starts to slow down i truly believe that the agents that are out there the professional ones that are pushing the property as hard as they can letting everybody know the property is available telling everybody about the property and i'm not just talking about loading it to the mls actually aggressively do something about it well how about this one right now apparently there are some agents out there that want to buy you as a purchaser in fact you know next time you decide to go out with your spouse for a bite to eat um why don't you go surf the area open houses because there's a few agents out there that can do uh they're, they're they're throwing out food trucks as an incentive in fact one agent was spending five thousand dollars for a food truck to be featured outside his open house now not going to mention any names but i gotta ask how serious you think a buyer is when they come by swing by hi i'll have poutine a hot dog and yeah i'll take the house um i mean really like if we talk about seriousness, I get it. You think it's a draw. Maybe I think that they're creating a circus. And when you start offering food and a free bottle of wine or a free iPad to get somebody into the venue, how serious is the buyer? These are the people that are going to walk through your house. And, and you know, there's a lot of agents that don't believe in open houses because they don't want the tire kickers. They don't, don't want the nosy neighbors. And a lot of sellers don't want that. And I get it. All you're doing is actually amplifying that. It's sort of like, hey, wait, what's that? Oh, that's a food truck. Hey, let's stop by. Hey, hey, you know what? I'll take fries and a semi-detached. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry if I'm offending any of the realtors out there, but as a selling technique, that is the last thing. You want somebody walking through with, uh, I don't know, poutine and dropping it on the carpet, or do you make them finish it before they come through? So again, this is one of those things that I think I, I'm going to put an epic fail on that one. And same with an iPad. I'm sorry. Uh, why are you bribing people to come into a house? You either have a proactive buyer and open houses do work. And it's kind of funny because the one person uh, that was out there with a the food truck and they turned around, ran the food truck, uh, the buyer uh, wasn't one of the people that had lunch. So again, if you're looking for free lunch and they say there's no free lunch, sure there is. Just go to an open house. Uh, anyways, sorry, that's my uh, my vet on this one. I just, I can't believe that they do it. And uh, one of the things that I've always, always encouraged is that if you're going to do an open house, two people work an open house. You have the people sign in with identification and you walk the people through. By the way, folks, always make sure your house, if you're going to have an open house, is done that way because you want safety, security, and you don't want people roaming through the house. That's kind of my take on professional open houses. Uh, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, coming up after the break we're gonna give it a shot we're gonna see how we do the, the new real estate talk triangle with my two special guests joining me Ramana King and Greg Bennell they'll be joining me right after this so stay with us we'll be right back 
And welcome back. Um, as I said just before the break, we're going to try something a little different uh, this year. Wow, you know, it's kind of funny that we keep talking about this year. Uh, here we are, you know, first week. We're done the first week of 2019. I hope it was as successful as everybody had hoped it would be. And, uh, you know, if your gym membership, you're already given up on it, you may want to, you know, stay the course. But uh, speaking of course, we're going to try something new. Uh, my two guests joining me, Ramana King. She is director of content for Zolo Realty. Uh, she's a pers personal finance columnist. And I got Greg Bennell, host of BNN Bloomberg's The Real Economy. He's joining me here for our first ever real estate talk triangle. And welcome to the show, everyone. Great to be here. See, we're already you, the careful Canadians. I, we, Romana and I, were like, "Are we going to step on each other when we say great to be here?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm being polite. I'm being Canadian. I'm letting you go first. Exactly. This will no, be a very no, polite no. talk trying. You know what? How about how about we set up a little guideline here? We'll we'll let ladies go first because uh, I do want to. You know, Romana, whenever you and I get together and have a chat, we always talk about Vancouver first. Greg, I'm going to have you weigh in with Romana on this one for sure, All but. Right. Uh, you know, before before we go down the rabbit hole of you know what's going on today in the markets, let's uh, let's do kind of a recap for 2018. Ramana, out in Vancouver, you know, you and I had been talking pretty regularly. Um, not a great year for Vancouver real estate. No, no, not. But we all knew this. I mean, we predicted that it was going to be a slowdown in 2017, and I think most of the analysts and anyone who is sort of looking at this. We just were a year off, but 20, 2018 was really the year that it slowed down, and in some areas it sort of ground to a halt and reversed, right? So. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I was I was uh, talking about Chip Wilson's house there, you know, it came, oh, yeah. and, and, and it's so funny. So founder of Lululemon, you know, everybody's like, oh, poor Chip, he lost $6 million worth of value. I, I, I don't think Chip was too concerned about it personally, but, um, you know, when, when... a unique character, though. Yeah, but when you're talking a $60 million, or seventy million dollar house. I mean, it, when, when you're up in that that stratosphere, I mean, six million really is not that much of a deal to somebody like that. But to us, of course, when we hear the number six million, everybody goes, "Oh my God, how could you lose six million on a property?" I think if he's flying planes into his house, and that's the last time I remember yeah. talking about Chip Wilson's property. That yeah, to to the to the regular humans like us, six million sounds like a lot of money. But you got Chip Wilson's kind of money. And, you know, it might sting for a minute over breakfast, and then you get on with it. So, Romano, what do, you, what do you think? I mean, the upper market, that was the one that I think people felt it the most. Uh, some pretty big drops, actually, percentage-wise, out in the Vancouver area. I think, you know, uh, as, especially volume. Maybe not so much as uh, price, but the volume was way off. Volume was way off. I think pricing now, I think even going into 2019, we're seeing that upper um, tier was re really hit, and and that's that's a, a number of factors. You had the mortgage stress test, so I mean, very few people that could afford a three million plus dollar house are going to really be impacted by that. But some are. Some were sort of stretching their dollars. They had to be bumped down. And I think internationally, we found there was a lot of um, movement internationally. So. China coming in and sort of clamping down on money leaving China or, you know, funds that shouldn't have been leaving, illegal, and then Trudeau talking. I think that we've seen a real impact, plus there were taxes. We implemented either new taxes or we increased taxes. We had the vacancy tax, which was actually quite surprising because we realized that 
half of the uh, properties in Vancouver are are, uh, are listed for vacancy tax, uh, or, or they're listed as a vacant property, and so they're going to be charged that tax. So we're beginning to realize that um, there's a lot of investment in Vancouver, but we don't know how to track it, and that's yeah. the problem. Yeah. Right? So, so Romana, let, let's let's talk about that just so to, to refresh our listeners. So, not only um, did Vancouver lead the way on initiating the foreign buyer tax at 15%, which was kind of a, you know, here here you go, folks. And that's what initially started, you know, a big downturn back in 2016. But yeah. then, then they actually, instead of saying, okay, you know, we're just going to leave status quo, you went to 20%. Yeah, and with with an open door, sort of a listen. This may go up if we continue to see that there's an issue here, and and I think that was the issue. And it wasn't just that; it was, listen, we're also going to tax you if you have a house that's worth three million or more. Oh, oh and by the way, if it's vacant and you don't pay income tax in BC, we're going to add, add another tax. So all of a sudden, anyone that's an investor that's not in BC and paying income tax, you're going to be hit, uh, and you're going to be hit hard with a number of different taxes. And yes, we do see a grinding halt to um, operational, but other areas of the, it's sort of trickling all the way down. And I think 2019, we're going to see more price corrections for that reason. Yeah. Uh, Greg, when, when, when you hear what Roman is saying about obviously the market, I know you've been following the, the west side of the country for sure. Um, you know, what, what do you hear? I mean, you know, are, are people going to be gun shy in 2019 to be looking into the Vancouver market? That's that's the thing about when you talk about Canadian real estate, and I think people always want to make comparisons between Vancouver and Toronto, but I think Vancouver has its whole host of separate issues in terms mm-hmm. of even what the new government there and uh, Mr. Eby's been trying to get to the bottom of. What's the extent of money laundering? Is it going through casinos? Is it going through the housing market? I think there are so many issues that are so specific to Vancouver and indeed all the regulation that got piled on. And as people became more aware of these issues and got angrier about them, you see the big the big pullback. And so, yeah, the, the argument always breaks down when you talk about I think the, the one thing that Toronto and Vancouver had, you know, and familiar and, and common with each other is that the prices just went through the roof. Toronto was a little bit Mm -hmm. behind Vancouver on that front, but it seemed that some of the catalysts and some of what's going on in Vancouver, I'm not saying Toronto's squeaky clean or anything, but Vancouver (laughs) seems to have its own sort of whole host of uh, big issues that need to, someone needs to get to the bottom of. Yeah, so Ramona, when we when we take a look at it, you also had a change in your provincial government. And so again, I think think you've had so much upset, uh, you know, it's, you know, are we at the bottom of, of the upset? Well, I mean, we've talked about this before. It doesn't matter if it's the real estate market, the stock market, and I think Greg would agree with this, is that when there's uncertainty in the market, people pause, you know, whether it be a first-time buyer or an investor. And I think there's so much uncertainty right now. We had a change in government. It's a minority government. So you've got the NDPs and the Greens disagreeing about, you know, some major economic factors that are impacting BC. And, and I'm talking about the Trans-Canada Pipeline and and the uh, natural gas um, uh, plan. And now there's protests with that. This has a huge impact on the economy of BC. For that reason, there's uncertainty. For that reason, there are there's uncertainty in the market itself. You know, we've got slower starts and slower permit applications. Um, I think at one point. They'd opened up uh, areas of Vancouver where you could increase the density, and everyone was really worried. And there was all these forums and protests, and thinking, "Oh, we're you know we're going to have you know an influx of all these people." And I think out of the six thousand possibilities, sixteen applications <laughs> were applied <laughs> for for duplexes. So it goes to show you, I think there's uncertainty in the market, and that's paused. 
and people have pulled out and they're waiting. And, and we saw this in 2016. There was about a six to nine month lag where foreign money did really seem to disappear and then it came back. I think the money is on hold right now. And I think it's, you know, I've, I've heard from developers here, they've got two or three years worth of business that they can keep on going and trucking and, and not worry, but they're pausing on the new stuff. They're not really rushing in to try and, you know, secure land right now because they've got it. They can work for the next two or three years and not worry. Yeah. So there's a, a, certainly a sense of pause here. Okay. Well, listen, I'm going to have the two of you stay put. We're going to go to a quick break. Folks, when we come back, we're going to have more with my guests and our new segment, the Real Estate Talk Triangle. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in just now, uh, remember, you can go to my SoundCloud account uh, at... uh, News Talk 1010 right here and uh, make sure you don't miss this show because I'm trying something new. I've got two guests on at the same time. I know it's almost, I feel like a little bit of a juggler, but you know what? As I said earlier, we've got uh, so many opinions in real estate, but the two that I really count on are my guests right now, Mr. Greg Bennell and Romana King. Um, you know, they've been uh, you know guests throughout the years with me. And um, just before the break, uh, we were talking about Vancouver, Romana, you know, kind of taking look at obviously what 2018 really was like you know we look at 2019 perhaps you know maybe the same status quo greg when we jump uh, a little bit east obviously to toronto um you know not a stellar year there either i mean quite frankly you know the, the expensive stuff not really didn't have a huge volume move there you know prices more or less down in the gta four percent uh, you know, is uh, was it kind of what everybody was expecting in the GTA as well as they did in Vancouver? Yeah, I think after that big run-up in prices that we had, and then when those stress tests, it's been a year now of that stress test, mm-hmm. we're saying, you know, okay, we're going to give you this mortgage rate, but we're going to make sure you could carry it at, you know, 200 basis points higher. <laughs> that seemed to have a very big impact in terms of pushing people down the, the price ladder in Toronto. And, the, and then I get a sense, too, that price exhaustion, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of regulation that's had a lot of impact. And as Romano was saying uh, earlier, just the psychology of a market, when everyone feels everything's hot and you can only win, then everyone wants to play the game. And then you add some uncertainty, people get on the sidelines. It happens in stocks, it happens in real estate, any asset class. But it was interesting, because when we were wrapping up 2018, and I was talking about it on being on Bloomberg. We'd say, oh, look at Vancouver, you know, having its worst year for sales transactions in almost two decades in Toronto, worse than almost a decade. And then Montreal had a record December. And then you sort of go down some of the facts and figures of Montreal. I was like, well, you know, you can get a single family home on the island of Montreal for less than half a million dollars. And if you want to go out just on the other side of the island, wow, now you're under 400000 So sometimes I think about price exhaustion at some point in Toronto and probably in Vancouver people said I I don't want to play this game and frankly I can't play this game I don't make enough money to play this game yeah you know and that's that's one of those things that I think that you know I there's got to be kind of that check of reality. And, you know, Ramana, you and I talked about this a lot. So did Greg and I. And one of the things was that, you know, what did everybody expect? You know, you had so many people come into the market, you know, that it was just that mad rush run up at 2016, 2017. And everybody's like, oh, no, you know, it's got to go up. It's got to go up. And, and there was just this perception that you could not fail. But yet, historically, we all knew that, you know, we, you take a step back and say, okay, it can't keep going. Oh, yes, it can. No, it was like that inner dialogue where everybody just wanted, wanted that kind of that speculative approach and go, yeah, let's make a quick grand slam 30% and, and get out. And there were a lot of people that got caught. 
And Ramana, you and I talked about this, you know, quite a few times. And those are those people that have to, instead of, you know, now trying to dump it, you should realize that we're going to start a new cycle and it'll take a little bit time for it to grab, but it's going to happen. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite parts of 2018, and it sounds a little odd, is is all of the news articles and blog posts that you know, took a look at the the standard economic cycle of real estate or any any sort of market, and then transposed that to the information that you were getting out of Toronto or Vancouver, and you could just see the exact you know the the hype in the market. Everyone rushes in, and then the, the collapse. And you're like, of course, we're following a market cycle. I, I think. I think I know people in the GTA that even during the hottest period, they were buying investment properties. I think it is possible at all times to make some very judicious, smart decisions in the real estate market, even at the peak. But that's the problem. It has to be smart decisions. It has to be based on numbers, based on the metrics. And for most people, I'd say the vast majority, you know, getting in uh, into the GTA when it was super hot, it's not the smartest thing. I, I think some of those people are waiting on sidelines and we're going to see you know, price decreases are, are a lagging effect. Right now, we're we're just sort of waiting for the price decreases to come. We've been running some numbers where we look at stale uh, listings, how many stale listings are in the market. And in the GTA in November, 53% of single-family homes were stale, which means they sat on the market for 30 days or more. In December, 77%. So, we're going to start seeing a buildup, and, and it'll be an interesting spring to see what happens with that buildup and whether or not we're going to see, you know, fewer bidding wars in most areas. There's always going to be hot areas where you're going to get bidding wars. People just love uh, East End or the beaches or whatever it is. But most areas are going to feel impacted by this. Yeah, and, and one of the things, though, Romana, and, and both you and, and Greg and I had uh, had these conversations was the fact that this was a longer cycle than anybody anticipated. You know, yeah. like typically, you know, we ran that, we, we're normally used to kind of like a 10-year cycle. This one, this one, you know, the, the gas kept going and, and, you know, we were probably five years past our prime to a certain extent in as far as a sales cycle would go. And all of a sudden, you know, everybody's like, they, they were hedging their bets just trying to figure out when, when's it going to go, when's it going to go. And of course, you've got the buyers on the other side saying, it's going to crash, we wouldn't need it to crash. But we didn't have a crash. We've got a soft landing. Greg, when you and I talked about this, you know, it's one of those things that there's, you know, a certain group that just would love to see the market get wiped out by 30, 40%. But the reality is, I think we have a bit of a new norm that's going to stabilize our values. You got to think that at some point, the policymakers in Ottawa, and we heard this from uh, the Bank of Canada Governor Stephen Polos just this week, saying that the housing market is uh, taking a little longer to stabilize than we thought it would. I mean, they pulled a lot Mm -hmm. of levers. They got the cool down that they wanted. And now they're starting to realize, well, this is an important part of the economy. And I think they're still watching and waiting and trying to figure out if they over overacted in terms of pulling those levers too tight. But you talk about how this cycle has been elongated. In the 17 years that I've been a homeowner, I have always gone with a fixed rate mortgage. And now with hindsight, I can look back and say I would have been a lot better off going floating rate and being nimbled. <laughs> but the question I kept, every time the mortgage was up for renewal, the question I kept saying, asking myself and then saying, saying to myself was, you know, how much longer can rates remain yeah. this low? They can't remain this low for much longer. Lock me in again. And now we're at a point where everyone's, after being warned all last year that mortgage rates are only going higher and, you know, bond yields are only going higher, we're in a situation where we might go into a spring where we're going to see cuts in fixed rates again. And floating rates have definitely... Uh, and stayed the course as well. So I think there's a, there's a lot of questions about this year about in terms of the cost of borrowing and where it's headed. 
Yeah, Ramana, I mean, I, I you, think, yeah, you follow this sorry, stuff all I was the time. Say, Ted, I, think, I think I totally agree with uh, Greg. I, I think the reason why this, this market cycle was so long is, you know, let's thank historically low interest rates. It sort of prompted people to realize, you know, if you're going to get in with a really large asset and use leverage wisely, now's the time. So people were just really over leveraging to, you know, max out that that, that ability to leverage. And, and I, I agree with Greg. I mean, I, last year, I locked in an investment property on a 10-year rate, and people said, you're crazy. And all I could think about is, there's just no way we're going to sustain this. And now I'm thinking, am I breaking even on this? I mean, is this a good thing for it to go down again? <laughs> Back in the fall, I was uh, I was talking on the show a fair bit that I think that we're going to find the lenders, they're going to reach into their own pockets a little. If, if the Bank of Canada rates are going to stay up up where we are, the discounts are actually going to come from the internal aspect, not from the Bank of Canada. And, mm. you know, this week in the news, of course, some of the banks are indicating that they may have to get a, a little bit more aggressive with their discounts because they're they're looking at the spring market saying, look at we we had they had a bad spring market last year. They're not you know they're not trading paper as much as they did. Obviously the stress test is kind of keep, keeping people where they are at. And now taking a look at it, you know, they're looking at it saying, hey listen, we need to buy some business. Greg, I mean, do you think we're gonna see the, you know, again, them reach a little bit deeper into their pockets and make it more attractive? I think right now they've really been enjoying the past couple of months because when when we, we talk about fixed mortgage rates in Canada, the most popular one is the five-year fixed, and they bank, the banks priced that off the bond market. And yeah, the five-year mm-hmm. yield was moving higher, and it all made sense as to why those mortgages were getting more expensive. And then that yield around the end, the last two months last year, started coming down and down and down, and we didn't see those savings, surprise, surprise, passed on to us borrowers from the big banks because they liked <laughs> those juicy margins. But a lot of people I'm talking mm-hmm. to in mortgage space that this can't last much longer. If the five-year yield even just stays where it is right now after the the plunge it took in the past couple months, the banks have to get more aggressive. They have to pass those savings on to us if, to Todd's point, they want they want our business. You know, yeah. uh, uh, Romana, I'm going to have you weigh in on that, but we're going to go to a quick break. But I do want to get your take on what you think the bank's going to do. And, uh, folks, we've got a lot more to talk about here on the, uh, the new Real Estate Talk Triangle. So stay with me. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're just tuning in, my guests this hour are Romana King and Greg Bennell. You've heard them here on the show, but more importantly, you will uh, be able to read articles by our personal finance columnist, Romana, and of course, catch Greg uh, as the host of BNN Bloomberg's on the real economy. And uh, just before the break, uh, we were talking about the uh, the Bank of Canada mortgage rates. And uh, Romana, I thought I would get you to kind of weigh in on this one because it's important that people know that you know, what, what, what's going to be their decision in the future? And I think there's a lot of renewals coming up because if we kind of gauge back, you know, most a lot of people buy in the spring. And so their renewals will come up in the spring. So what do you think? Are we going to see some discount rates coming our way? Oh, absolutely. I, I think I've written about this before. I think one of the things we have to remember is, yes, we have to look at the bond market. Yes, we have to look at the Bank of Canada. But we also have to look at the book of business a bank is doing. And they have their own internal cycle. You know, towards the end of the year, they're wrapping up their mortgage business. They're not scrambling to get so much business. So really, they're, they're sort of the equivalent of their Black Friday is the spring market. They really want to get as much business as possible, as many people coming in. So just about every spring, regardless of how the market is doing, you're going to see a discount on rates because they're trying to get that, you know, the bulk of the business. And then they'll go through the year and see what they have to do. I think if we, if anyone is up for a renewal, they really should be, you know, seriously considering 
even if they have to break their mortgage, do the calculation to decide whether or not it's worth it to do it this spring. Because in the end, I really do believe in the end, rates will rise. Yeah, eventually. <laughs> yeah, well, when, when that mythic, when that day arrives, we'll be like, oh, there it is. We've been telling you. We've been yeah. telling you. <laughs> yeah, but but here here's the here's the other flip to the uh, the situation though is the fact that of course we've got the stress test qualification, and you know when you do an automatic renewal with your existing lender, you don't have to go jump through the hoops. But mm-hmm. when we take a look at jumping to another lender. You know, they, you still are looking at the potential of the stress test that could perhaps say that you do not qualify. So, you know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the banks were really given an advantage here, the big banks, right? And they stay yeah. with us and you'll have this. Or, I mean, everyone's been through this as well. The, the last time that I renewed a mortgage, I actually switched because the, the, the lender that I had sent me a renewal form and just said, just sign this. And you won't have to worry about anything else. And the rate was ridiculous. And it was such an insult, such an insult to my intelligence that I moved for that very reason. But uh, maybe this time around, someone could feel insulted by the rate being offered and then find out they don't have an option. So I think I think people that are up for renewal or they're going to have to do more shopping than they realize. Just They're going to probably want to talk to an independent broker just to see what's out there. The good thing is, is that most people are renewing have equity in their homes. They're, they have to qualify, a, a, you know, a, a lower mortgage sum, which hopefully will help with their debt ratios if they haven't maxed out, you know, their debt. Um, but I think that you know people will be at the mercy. I've heard people getting, you know, close to seven or nine percent rates from their lenders upon renewal because you know they have all the information. They know what your debt ratios are. So if you're not watching that when you're coming up for renewal, you're sort of at the mercy of the bank. And uh, the big banks are definitely winning in this scenario. Yeah, and and, and uh, when they re- release their uh, their profits, um, you know, it's a little bit of a slap in the face. You know, you've got everybody that's struggling <laughs> with it. And of course, oh, by the way, we made three billion this this quarter. Oh, I feel sorry for you. Um, a couple I'm other hot topics. Mind that m- most people in the stock market or in any ETF or mutual fund are invested in Canadian banks, so we all gain or lose <laughs> yeah. on this, right? Exactly. That's where those dividends come from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Greg, you're assuming that everybody has those. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, a couple other topics, of course, in the news, uh, Airbnb, um, mm. we got uh, we got a group here that are getting a little upset because they believe that they are, you know, taking out of uh, sapping Toronto's rental market. Uh, Romana, what do you think? Is it happening or, or is Airbnb kind of replacing some of the rentals there? Airbnb is attacking Airbnb. Yes. Yeah, I, I mean, that. love the name. Fair Airbnb. Yeah, great name. It's very catchy. Yeah. I, I think there is some validity to this. We have seen this in other cities uh, in North America, not just in Canada. They had to come in and actually implement, um, you know, municipal-wide um, rules about this. I think in San Francisco there are swaths of the city where different um, they have different rules where you can't even have Airbnbs located in the area. So. I'm not surprised that there is, first of all, uh, some criticism, and I'm also not surprised that they're talking about perhaps regulating a bit more. You know, we've all in Vancouver is sort of leading the way in sort of trying to regulate some of this stuff that's newer. Airbnb or or sharing of a home on that's easy uh, on a short-term basis is fairly new. So none of our laws or none of our policies really apply to this. So is it time to re-examine? Probably. I just worry that, you know, things are done quickly and without um, information and then you've got you're stuck with really weird policy that you can't get rid of. And we see the effects of that in New York City and Amsterdam where you've got odd taxes and, and rent control that you can't get rid of. Right. 
So, sorry, I, I'm just just so I can clarify this. Are you saying yeah. the government does things half-assed without yeah. proper knowledge and actually <laughs> implements things that can affect people in the long term? I'm saying that there is a potential <laughs> of that. <laughs> that it has happened across the world before. I, I mean, that said, we all see, in hindsight, and I've criticized the Liberal government for how fast they moved in 2016 when they implemented the foreign buyers tax. I did not like the six-day implementation. You know, we're announcing this tax, by the way, it's, it, one week. You have one week to prepare for this. It just showed no foresight about how real estate tra- transactions occur. That said, in hindsight, we realized, oh, you know what? It was probably a good idea because it has had an impact on the BC housing market. Uh, you know, all the other taxes, maybe it's too much of an impact, but it, there was an issue there. So, I'm not for or against government intervention. I'm for judicious government intervention when necessary. We, we've talked about this, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always the line they give us too, right? When we when we get any policy, whether it's housing or something else, you know, we uh, we're pretty sure we're going to avoid unintended consequences. But the thing about an unintended consequence is that it was unintended. <laughs> No one ever goes in and said, I hope there's a lot of unintended consequences from this policy we're just announcing right now. Well, the problem is, is that nobody wants to undo any of what's done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so, you know, let, let's talk about the stress test for a second. I understand that, you know, we've, we needed it to a certain extent because people were over leveraging themselves. You know, they're getting themselves into trouble. But there are those people that actually, I think, have shown, you know, that their credit worthiness, they are strong, and yet they are struggling to get into a property. And, you know, again, the government are... Is the federal government going to back off on that? Because the, the provincial government can't do anything. And so where do we stand with that? Yeah, even the shift we've seen in Toronto, right? And I think a lot of that shift from people who are getting into the single family home or, you know, the semis and now are shopping for condos because that's all they can qualify mm-hmm. for. These people, this isn't the hot, fast money. This isn't the investment money. These are people who are saying, I, I wanted to buy a house, but under the stress test, I cannot buy that house. It's going to take me longer. I got to start uh, a little simpler. So it, it, it's interesting. And you, you would think or maybe wonder if policymakers are taking a look and saying, well, maybe 200 basis points in the way we've structured this. It was a good start. But I mean, policy can always be tweaked. It would be interesting. I know some people in the, the mortgage broker business who think that there might be some tweaking to come. I don't know if that's wishful thinking from them. <laughs> that, 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 then that would change the game. But you have to, you would, you would like to think that every once in a while they're taking a look at the effects that they've seen in the market and saying, okay, uh, maybe it's time for a change for the better or for the worse. <laughs> Ramana, I um, I don't know if you uh, heard about the recent realtors that are deciding to uh, bribe people to come into their open houses. Uh, uh, iPads and hot dogs. No, uh, food carts, you know, and, you know, I know you've got, you know, great experience in real estate, uh, as you know. You know, I always believe that you just advertise like crazy. Yeah, you can throw an invite out, but hot dog cart in front of an open house, what do you think? Oh, I mean, this is the the newest version of, you know, bake fresh cookies in the house. And when people walk in, they smell cookies and it feels like home. I mean, anything to entice, right? (laughs) I think the problem we have is that you've got a bunch of realtors, some of which, you know, there's a vast majority that, you know, just came in in the last five years, sort of the heyday of real estate. And all of a sudden it's gone to a grinding halt. And unless you have a plan or planned last year for that grinding halt, it's suddenly very scary to see a lot of your business drying up. I mean, I've talked to mortgage brokers and and uh, realtors, and unless you're committed to this and you've got a plan in place, you're scrambling a bit. And we've always, you know, I think in Montreal, there's a Lamborghini or Ferrari or something given if you bought a house. I mean, it's always crazy schemes, right? <laughs> 
Yeah, but you know, it, I, I think what happens though is it now is taking away from the actual practice of real estate. And, mm. you know, now there's that mindset. It's like, you know, okay, so what are you going to do for me next? What are you going to do for me next? We're, they're not focusing on what is necessary to actually c- complete the real estate transaction. Yeah, I know that when I went to some, uh, I guess, initial development, I used to live downtown Toronto and I was close to King West. And I remember going to different showrooms when they were just talking about building up that area that used to be the Massey Ferguson plant. And uh, there was always food, right? I was shameless. I would go there with an appetite. I would eat their food. I never bought any of their condos. So I don't know if they lost money entertaining people like me, but uh, it definitely did make me say, oh, God, now I feel guilty. I just had a cream puff. I definitely got to buy a condo. Yeah, so note, note to all realtors, if you see Greg Vanell <laughs> yeah. walking in yeah, your open lock house. Lock up the food. Lock up the food. <laughs> A lot of this too, what we don't realize, a lot of this too is is these open houses and getting people in, they, they want buyers in there, but they want realtors in there as well. Realtors come with clients. And if you can sort of impress a realtor, and let's face it, everyone likes to be pampered, then you're, they're going to get more business. And we've seen this a lot before. I mean, in the insurance industry, they, you know, insurance companies give incentives to salespeople if they sell their products. And mortgage industry, there's incentives. And in real estate, there's incentives. You know, if it's a couple of canopies, okay, you know. Um, <laughs> iPads, a little bit different, but I, I, I agree with you. I mean, not to tout our own home, but, you know, I think I think there are some business models coming up where it's no longer about just the marketing, but it's also about customer service. And I think we've moved, I don't know if we've moved away from that or it's now more of a focus. You know, is this person who's helping me with the most expensive purchase of my life, is this person more concerned about getting the next client or looking good or are they more concerned about actually meeting my needs? And I think that's that's what people are more, I think people are more aware that that question needs to be answered, at least the younger generation is. Yeah, excellent. You know, I, I have to thank the two of you for, for sticking with me today and trying out this new format. And I think it's been absolutely awesome to have the two of you on. But we've run out of sand in the sand dial. And um, I, I, I want to thank you both for coming on. And of course, uh, looking forward to having you come back on in the near future so we can keep everybody in check on what's going on in the market. So thank you so much. Sounds great. It's a pleasure. Excellent. Folks, that was Romana King and Greg Bennell. And uh, I absolute awesome to have them on uh, you know our first uh, kick at the can real estate talk triangle but again as i said we're out of sand in the sand dial and uh, i want to thank andre and ian uh, my producers this week of course they keep it simple for me and uh, i want to thank you for tuning in remember we've got the simple seminar coming up this thursday 7 p.m go to the simple to register make sure you show up i've got a lot to uh, help you out with for 2019. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.